Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3 and uh, 24 hours after Singapore released their advanced second quarter GDP figures, China came up to bat and released their April to June results or macroeconomic results. And the world's second largest economy reported that second quarter GDP grew by about 7.9%. Now, most countries would probably kill for that particular number. However, it actually came in slightly lower than the median estimates of uh, economists surveyed by both Bloomberg and Reuters. Does this mean that the China's economic rebound might be starting to peak, actually? And should this really be a huge cause of concern for a global economy that's still dealing with the ravages of the unpredictable COVID-19 pandemic? Well, today on Monday FM 89.3, we're pleased to be joined by Mr. Hao Tso, who's the economist at Commerce Bank who covers the Chinese economy. He's here to share with us his thoughts on how the economy actually went and uh, and what he thinks the numbers mean for China's economic recovery and what those implications might uh, have what implications this might have, actually, for the global economy. Mr. Howe, thank you so much for joining us. Glad to hear you and your loved ones are still safe and in good health during these times. Uh, happy Thursday, and I hope you're having a good, if if not uh, busy, afternoon. Hi, hi, hi. All right, uh, Mr. Howe, let's first talk about the GDP numbers. And if I'm not mistaken, your predictions were actually for the Chinese economy growth by 7.9%. So it's pretty much on the dot with what uh, officials in Beijing actually released. Can you give us your overall impressions of China's second quarter GDP numbers um, and and how they actually stacked up against your expectations? Well, I think, you know, uh, the market was a bit kind of nervous, actually, uh, to be honest. Last uh, week, especially after the BBOC cut the reserve requirement ratio, which might imply that the data coming, coming out today won't be, uh, won't be so good. Uh, but in general, if you look at today's number, uh, of course, in the Q2 GDP is slightly below ex- estimates, uh, but at least the June activity data, as well as the trade data released last, uh, earlier this week, and also the credit data released, released, released last week, were not so, uh, bad as expected. Actually, you know, at the beginning of this month, we know that, you know, all the PMIs coming out, coming out, you know, was very, very bad. And people were very worried about that. But at least, you know, the the real data looks that uh, not so not not so pessimistic. But of, of course, you know, overall China's uh, growth, headline growth, uh, the GDP on a year on year terms had already peaked. And uh, going forward, we are still at least to see uh, two quarters the GDP uh, slow down in China. Right. You know uh, that the uh, you know the concern that China's economic rebound is peaking is something that many have been actually discussing in the last couple of uh, weeks, uh, Mr. Howe. But I do want to ask if these are valid concerns because you know seven point nine percent it's below estimates, but that's still a very impressive number for China. You talked about PMI coming in a little softer, but still above fifty one, if I'm not mistaken, for. For for the, for 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 the month of uh, June, um, we saw retail and retail sales and industrial production also coming in above estimates. Um, you know, are the concerns about uh, a peaking Chinese economic rebound valid? And more importantly, perhaps, how important is this to the rest of the world if the world's second largest economy, which has been the dr- one of the solid engines for economic growth, is really starting to peak? Well, you know, of course, you know, uh, we are looking at the headline numbers, but uh, as economists, we are looking at a few other indicators. For example, you know, the car sales in China 
uh, dropped by uh, about 10%, more than 10% year on year in June. And, uh, you know, for example, the handphone, smartphone sales actually dropped uh, by more than 20% in May and June. Uh, so that's actually, you know, concern the market is that, you know, of course, you know, the number, headline numbers may be good, but the underlying demand has been already softening. That's, you know, point to relatively kind of, uh, uh, you know, visible concern uh, among the economists. Uh, but I think, you know, uh, in general, we can see that, you know, of course, China's growth has been just, uh, normalizing if we look at uh, Q-on-Q terms, uh, quarter-on-quarter terms, and going forward, it could be still around this level. So um, you can say uh, it's kind of still growth, but you can also say this is a stagnated kind of uh, growth profile. So it depends on your perspective when you look at uh, these kind of numbers. Of course, you know, as the biggest, second biggest economy in the world, China won't be as good as the U.S. looks this year. So that's, you know, the general the impression about the growth, growth prospects. And, uh, but if anything happened to China, if any significant or further slowdown happened in China, people will definitely be worried about that because this year, of course, you can see 10% growth, maybe 8% growth, but next year we are going to see about 5% growth. And uh, from the corporate perspective, you are going to see like the revenue will low from like this year's 20% to next year maybe uh, below 10% growth. So basically, this is a slowdown is a slowdown. You know, the, the only thing, the most important thing maybe is that how you see this kind of slowdown and how you see this kind of slowdown will impact your business and your daily lives. In fact, Mr. Howe, you did reference a while ago that the People's Bank of China did recently lower their reserve requirement ratio for financial institutions in a way to provide support to the smaller players of the economy. And some have actually remarked that while the Chinese recovery has been very impressive for the last 12 to 15 months, it's fairly uneven for the most part. In fact, the PBOC stance goes against uh, the recent tightening, tighter policy or, or, or message that the central bank has had. Do you think they know something about the economy state that maybe we don't? And should this really be a huge cause for concern? Um, well, you know, when we look at, you know, the RR, uh, basically uh, we look at, the, look at you know, from the bank's kind of uh, liability, which is deposit side. Uh, but uh, the most important thing when you look at China's credit in policy, actually is to look at the credit extension growth, which is actually slowed quite significantly in the first half of this year. So uh, going forward, maybe there's no further tightening of the credit extension, uh, but there's no no further growth as well. So basically, that tells you that our cut maybe tries to help to reduce the funding costs and try to help uh, those guys who haven't uh, benefited too much from the recovery, as I said, uneven kind of uh, performance among different sectors. So maybe that's try to help them. And uh, in this case, in, in the meantime, to try to lower the cost of funds, but overall credit policy, overall monetary policy will still remain relatively prudent, I would say, uh, maybe after the tightening in the first half. 
uh, but no further tightening, but no further easing as well. Mm-hmm. We're still speaking to Mr. Hao Tso, economist at Commerce Bank here at Money FM 89.3, to talk about China's second quarter GDP figures, which showed that the world's second largest economy grew by a whopping 7.9% in the second quarter, still below what economists were mostly expecting by a hair. Um, Mr. Hao, one thing we've noticed across the major economic release from China, be it PMI, export data, is that price pressures have mostly manifested themselves in the factory gate prices and not so much with consumer prices. Now, this is a little bit different to the uh, price pressures we're seeing in other major economies like the U.S. and other places, even here in Singapore, for one. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that the price pressures in China have mostly uh, hit the industrial side or the factories and not really trickled down to consumers? Well, I think uh, in general, that's uh, another kind of concern that, you know, basically the domestic consumption is not that strong or is Mm. not on a solid footing. That's why the CPI looks relatively soft. But on on the other hand, the PPI is actually very elevated because of the, you know, uh, very, uh, very high, you know, input uh, commodity prices. So, you know, for the small firms in particular, they have to, you know, bear the high cost but they can't transfer or transmit the cost to the final product. So that's why, the, the pro, that's why you, know, you can see these guys will be squeezed. Their profit will be squeezed. So uh, that's, of course, you know, one of the biggest concerns for policymakers uh, because the private small firms are very important uh, for job creation in China. And in the meantime, we know that China alone cannot control the input prices. This is global, global in you know, the based and the global commodity uh, in the prices. So, you know, from this kind of perspective, you have to think about how to reduce the pressure of the imported inflation. So maybe that's also one of the reasons they want to cut the reserve requirement ratio to lower the funding costs for the manufacturing firm. You mentioned a while ago that maybe uh, consumer sentiment is not as strong as we thought because it's not showing up in the CPI print. But we did see retail sales today, at least for the month of June, actually come easily above analyst expectations, growing by 12% in the month of June. Do you think that maybe some of these consumer concerns are starting to ease or are you not reading too much into that number, sir? Well, you know, when we look at uh, consumption, you know, basically uh, we have a lot of ways to look at, right. you know, not only like uh, retail sales, of course, you know, I, I mentioned the car sales, handphone sales, air conditioner sales, you know, and of course, you know, uh, uh, the, the property sales, and they can look at the public company, they release their monthly data, uh, you know, from month to month. So uh, that's, that's, of course, you know, uh, gives you some kind of uh, benchmark. Uh, but retail sales can, can mean uh, above expectation. Actually, it's not only slightly; it's actually well above expectations. So uh, this is kind of mixed signal. And when, uh, well, but when we dig into this data, at least we see that, for for example, the, the sequential growth, which is month-on-month growth, the June uh, retail sales is actually slower than May. It's mm. about 0.7. May was uh, 0.8 percent month-on-month. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of things we have to calibrate, uh, but we don't have a, you know, very concrete signal. But uh, one thing is clear from relatively medium term perspective, which is two, three years perspective, consumption in China is still below trend, while the GDP and the industrial production had already returned to the trend growth. So basically, that's 
what's happening in China for a while already. All right. So, uh, Mr. Hao, taking all of this into uh, account, how is this impacting your outlook for China's GDP for the full year? And maybe even more importantly, since you are one of the noted forecasters for the renminbi, how is this impacting your outlook for the Chinese yuan? Uh, we maintain our forecast for this year, uh, GDP at uh, 8.4%. Uh, in general, as you mentioned, uh, Q2 numbers in line. Uh, so I think you know, we are comfortable with uh, the whole, whole year forecast. Uh, for renminbi, we see uh, some kind of modest depreci- depreciation uh, for the Chinese yuan in the second half of this year to reflect uh, you know, the cyclical slowdown in China in general. So we see 66 at the end of this year uh, for dollar renminbi. All right, uh, Mr. Hao Zhou, economist at Commerce Bank, thank you so much for joining us today on Money FM 89.3 to talk about the second quarter GDP figures coming out of China. As always, I wish you and your loved ones continued health and safety during these uncertain times, and we look forward to next time we can have you back on the show. Meanwhile, do stay safe, uh, do stay safe and we hope you're having a productive and uh, fruitful uh, Thursday today. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.